0: it's not a, it's not so makoros space, it's based on a makshava, and um, a hargasha that's connected to the makshava so um, either it will resonate with you guys, some of you, or, or not um, so the quote that really got me thinking about this was a quote from Herman Melville and Moby Dick, I've always been told that Moby Dick has a lot of biblical references and that a lot of the characters are based on biblical archetypes, so I did a really cursory reading of some of the chapters, and I came across this quote, um, where he speaks about the, the need to experience life in the water. And the quote is as follows. I mean, I can't do a, a good reading. I'm going to do a dramatic reading. But he says that, but as in landlessness, meaning in the, in the water, away from the land, alone resides the highest truth, shoreless, indefinite as God. There's no limits in the water. There's no concrete distinctions of space. So better is it to perish in that howling infinite than to be ingloriously dashed upon the leaf. Meaning that it's better to experience the confusion that comes and the nullification of, that, of confusion that comes from experiencing the infinite expression of roaring waves and groundlessness for the real idea of the term, groundlessness, not having a specific point of reference for everything in your life, it's better to experience even perishment there, even destruction there than it is to live ingloriously upon the land than to live with a, a sense of comfort and, and boundaries and limits on the land. The sea, something about the sea brings out within a person a sense of wonder it brings out it, it, it creates it, it awakens numerous emotions, but one of them is that it's an infinite, colossal mass of. Of power, it's uh, it's roaring waves that take over. And even David Melech and Tehillim always expresses that if it were not for the for not for the sand, the sea would literally swallow up the earth. The sea is like qualitatively, it's the most essential aspect of our universe. But at the same point, it's also something that always seeks to disrupt and destroy what human beings have created in terms of order. And we saw this with the tsunami. There was nothing scary than the tsunami, just because the ocean is constantly sitting there and it's kind of like it was laying dormant and finally it finally got to express itself and how did it express itself in utter, utter destruction. So now when we think about the water, when we think about waves, it creates within us, it awakens within us a certain sense of dread, one of the major phobias in the world. One of the major phobias is water, is drowning, is being stuck in water, is not being able to breathe in water. Freud wrote so much on the symbolism of water in dreams as expressing inability to cope with life's issues, inability to to man, to, to manage life's different trials and tribulations. The water always represents the overcoming of man, the overcoming of the boundaries that we create for ourselves. So once I read that and my own interpretation to that. I thought about Yonah. I thought about Yom Kippur and why we lean Yonah on Yom Kippur. What is the connection between Yonah and Yom Kippur? It's a very, very small story, the smallest sefer in Neviim, in and um, it, it begs the question of what exactly are we trying to do, bring up, when we read Yonah on Yom Kippur. So, the first place the Torah speaks about Mayim is the second Pasuk in Bereshus. After we're told that Akkadish Brochu creates this wonderful universe, gracious Baralokem Meseshmaim Besarets, the feeling of Rosh Hashanah, it's the brand new beginning where everything is pristine and everything is really exciting and set up. But then it comes along the next Pasuk, right? It comes along the next Pasuk, the earth was desolate and nullified. Vohu is a word that has been explained, but I think the essential nature of the word is that it can't be explained. Vohu is complete confusion. It's complete bewilderment. It's um, a feeling of groundlessness. It's a feeling of that I cannot explain exactly what it is, and that's exactly what the the nastiness of it is—that I can't point my finger as to what vohu is. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like Voldemort. Like the 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 insidiousness of Voldemort is that he can't be named. That evil can't be named. That's the scariest part of evil. That's why I thought with Hurricane Sandy or whatever, everyone was talking Sandy, 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 and I was thinking this is a storm, like what have we done by attributing to it a human name, What what is the, why are we doing that? So I think that it, it eases the conscience of man when he's mm-hmm. able to point to something and blame something by saying this is Sandy who's doing this to me, because otherwise if it's a nameless thing that's destroying and causing destruction, it's overwhelming because I can't blame anyone, I can't point to anything and concretize what I'm afraid of. Because anxiety is a fear before it's essentially pointed at. A, a fear is when I could point at something that I'm afraid of. Anxiety is when I can't necessarily point to anything. It's just an overwhelming sense of dread. And that's what vohu is. The p'nei Satov, when there is darkness on top of the depths of the water, and the Ruach, the Spirit of God, was hovering above the water. So Rashi says, It's a Lashon of questioning and bewilderment. A person is completely taken aback by the bewilderment of it all. A person looks at the chaos of the sea, and he, and he says to himself, what is this? What am I? What is my station in life? What is all the feeling of concreteness that I feel and all the feelings of security that I feel? When I look at the ocean, and especially referring to the ocean before creation of man, which was when the world was Mayan to Mayan, when there was no distinction between the Mayan aliyonim and the Mayan Pachtonim, everything was water. And water is the one place where man can't find the center, where one, the one place man can't live, the one place man can't breathe, the place where man can't produce like he's done on the land. That's vohu, that's tov. Vo. A person comes face to face with the chaos of the sea, with the chaos of what the sea represents, and he's mishtome. It means that I can't speak. I'm completely overcome by the questioning that's awoken within me when I look at water, when I look at the raging waves and the incomprehensible meaninglessness of the of the effect of water. A person is completely nullified to the water. And that's I think uh, a, a new reading of Rashi, but Rashi brings the person. Man has not been created. Rashi says, "Adam toha The person looks at it, and he's completely overtaken by the bewilderment of it all. Everything that he's defined in his life is suddenly torn out from under himself, and that feeling of groundlessness creates within him a deep questioning of what happened to everything I've done until now. Where are all the systems and all the houses and my family? Where is everything that I've? built my life on. And now I'm sitting groundless in the sea of questioning, in this tumultuous sea, as Shakespeare said. Right? So there's a really interesting Evan Ezra that I came across when I was learning, just when I used to, uh, whatever, I came across it. And the when describing Makas says something that, for me, I don't think he meant this, but it, it represents this idea of what the sea really represents, of what this concept of mind to really represents. He says, on the Pasuk, where it speaks it out, he says, Okenus. yam I'm not sure how that translates into geographic position of the oceans, but. The Meforshim and Chazal always describe Yam Ukonus, especially at the end of the first Parakintinah, as the biggest, the biggest sea in the world, and that's where all the waters were finally collected by B'riyasa Olam for that to be the first ocean. So I'm not sure if it means a technical ocean or geographically or not. But the Yam Ukonus, Yovel Chosha'ch Av. Over there in the middle of the sea comes a very thick, thick darkness. Yachol Adam That a person, a darkness. That's not dark where a person says, oh, it's night out, it's not light out. But it's a darkness that's so thick and so utterly destructive that a person can no longer even differentiate between night or day. It's too dark to even say that it's night. Night is the absence of the sun. But this darkness is so thick and so strong that I can't even differentiate where I am. I'm, I'm in a timeless place. I'm in a place of of nothingness. I'm in this waiting place where there's it's not day, it's not night, it's a bin hashmashos. It's a it's a place of suffic, it's a place of mistomus where a person has no idea his right or his left or if it's night or day. and it sometimes stays there for five days. And Evan Evzar says something awesome. He says, and I've been there and that's how I could describe this Hosha. But that description of the Amukanus, the middle of the rib, the middle of the ocean with this thick, thick darkness, where a person cannot differentiate between good and bad, light and day, because night and day always represent for us the two the two positions of Yitzhar Yitzharatov, Nefesh Shalokish, Nefesh Bahamas, right? That's how we always the the point of distinction that we use to differentiate between what we want to be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. And a person can't even tell the difference over there. It's one thing to say that it's bad, but another thing to say that I can't even tell if it's good or bad. It's so dark that I can't tell where I am because all of our systems, all of our constructs, have been deconstructed and I no longer have any ground to stand on and the center has been lost. My center has been lost. I no longer have a point of reference.
1: He's like, I've been there. (laughs) And Evan
0: Ezra, if you read, Evan Ezra, even my saba always tells me this, Evan Ezra, if you read his Hakdama to perish on Chumash, it's ma'od ma'od depressing. And he uses a lashon of that, like, if I were to start writing a parish on Rashi, Rashi would be outdated. And if I were to start making candles for a living, then the sun would always shine. And if I decided I wanted to make coffins for a living, then people would stop dying. He was, uh, And he even writes Whoa. really harshly, showing us about the Rambam, because he went to the Rambam's house to collect tzedakah, and the story goes that his wife opened the door, and he, brings, he wrote a poem about the Rambam, he says... He says, "I came to your house and I found an opening there." And like Loshon already is, it's really harsh. And the Eben was somewhat of an interesting figure in terms of that. But um, yeah, so in a postmodern reading of what the Ebenezer is saying here, we could say that Eben was describing certain feelings that he had. But um, we don't do that. But, um, um, but that feeling of describing the, uh, the sea like that is, um, is very palpable, especially based on the what we saw before about the chaos of the sea. So I think with that understanding with, of what the sea represents, we can understand what Yonah thought he could be doing. Yona wanted to run away from Hashem. Hashem revealed himself then. Revelation is not is not hashrah, it's not guessing, it's not emunah, it's not besafeq. Emunah is when I'm not sure, Imunas when things are not clarified. And I don't know exactly what um, to do because nothing is so clear to me. But Nevuah is something very clear. And even if it was Bechaz laila like Rov Han aside from Moshe Abenu, it was still very, very clear what was taking place. So Yona experienced revelation. To run away from revelation is a pretty chutzpilic thing to do. That's a Yode'er ribono Morino. That's a, that's a, that's a darga that the Skarim talk about by a Malik, that they know God and they choose to go against God. We could hate them for it and we could be be sworn to destroy them for it but a person needs to respect the audacity that it takes to look God in the face and say I'm not listening to you it's a pretty crazy thing that's a really crazy thing so what exactly was Jonah doing trying to hide from God was he trying to run away from God what exactly because we know that Yona was a good person and the Maforsham explained Yonah as someone who was really running away for the sake of Klael Yisrael, because he was willing to give up his life in order that Clayasr not be embarrassed. Like will say that Ninveh were Krovehatchuva. Ninveh were people who were easily easily excited about words of repentance. And therefore if he had gone to Ninve, so then the Jews would look bad because the Jews are Kashayorf. The Jews are stubborn people and they don't listen to words of rebuke. We laugh at it, where we're, um, were cynical about it, right? But Ninveh, if we see Ninveh react so positively, then Bnei Sol are going to look bad. And therefore, Yonah wanted to be Moser Nefesh, like the Mepharshim say. So Yona was a pretty good person. So what exactly was he thinking to run away from the word of God in terms of revelation? That's a, a high darga of, of chutzpah. So the Pirkei de Abilazer, Pirkei de Abilazer in Parak Yud. Who, um, who speaks every good story that we heard as kids is in the Pirkei Debi Lezer. Any medrash that you can't really find, but it sounded awesome, and if you remember it from childhood, that means that it was really awesome, like Davaramelech standing on a mountain, and the mountain getting up and moving. All the stories are in the Pirkei Lazar. So the Pirkei Debi Lezer in Pirkei Debi says, it's <coughs> Harani say, Hareni Jonah says, I'm going to run away. Where am I going to run away? It's a place where the... The Giloy of Hashem, the kavod of Hashem, the honor of Hashem, the presence of Hashem is not revealed there. Al so if I wanted to run to Shemayim, the Pasuk says, God's glory is revealed there. God's presence is revealed there. If I want to say the Aretz, if I want to say the land, God's covet is also there because the Pasuk says that God's glory fills the entire Aretz. So what do you want to decide? Harini Lamakam Shlaina I'm going to run to the sea where Hashem's covet is not there. And then the Medrash goes on to explain the events that transpired with his process to going into a ship and the, eventually, the eventual experience that Yonah had. But Yonah's assumption that the one place where I can't find the HaKadosh Baruch, where is that? Where can I find the glory of Hashem, the presence of God, the order of God, the, the, the meaning that comes along with God's presence in the world, where won't I find that? I won't find that in the water. I will not be able to find them in the water and therefore I'm going to run there. Why? Because the water is tohu The water is the chaos before creation. Before Hashem decided that there should be order and distinction and boundaries and language and words and symbols and signifying objects and a man having a shlita on something, there was water. The world was mine by mayim, and it was a chaotic mess. And man has no place there and God has no place there according to Yona's assumption. So Yona said, I'm going to run there. So up till now mayim has a pretty negative connotation and mayim is a place of chaos and mayim is a place of meaninglessness but if you look at a few of the psukim with yona we see a major transition that takes place a a really fundamental decision that takes place not a gradual tshuva not a gradual change in his perception of mayim that maybe i'm wrong and eventually working his way up to recognizing god but something that took place mamish at the makom of the ome Kachet, in the depth of his dark night of the soul, and the darkness of his experience, literally, as the Pasuk says, the, the Sha'ol, which is usually used to describe Gehenna, which according to the maral, is just utter meaninglessness and utter Ha'edar. It's nothingness. It's non-being that the existentialists speak about. The greatest anxiety is non-being. Non-being is what Maharal explains as Gehanim. Gehenna is not fire. It's not a place where we experience punishment. It's a place of nothingness. It's a place where I'm utterly destroyed, and that is where Yona recognizes Hashem. That is where Yona calls out from. So just to read the pesukim, to read the pesukim in Yona, first pasuk. Yeah, no, no I just
2: think also that can we can, can you see that like, he he ran away to the water because. Like we just had Hashanah and like the whole, I don't know how to say concept, but I guess Rashana is us being Mamach And the only place, and wherever Kali shows, Hashem only is a king, right? If we're him. Okay. And the place where we can't go, like you're saying, to the water, which no one, man doesn't belong, so right, that'd be a perfect place for you to run to, because there's no one to be Mamach Hashem. In Hashem can't, in a way, He doesn't exist there, because Hashem is only a, ki- a, a Hashlita really, or a king in Heretic. a place where He is. No, so it's not heretic, <laughs> and the only person, because
0: B'dayachal, you're right, the do say that there's no king without a nation, but who comes to save us? Ishbitz and Radzin. Sogisharim, in a hundred places, literally, in his parish on the Zohar, his parish on the Torah, he says that the concept of is only lefit fisas ha It's only according to Hasid. However fundamental that concept is, and philosophically true that idea is, that in order for there to be a creator there needs to be creation, nor if there to be a king there needs to be someone accepting his malchus. That's only according to our limited interpretation of how things work. But Hashem doesn't need us to be king. Hashem could be king on the Mayan without anything. And it's a hard right. because we have to shatter our, our preconceived notions of the limitations of God. Hashem could do anything he wants. And even philosophical ceilings that we create for ourselves, even even HaKadushah, even are Machabr and Bali Chassidus and Ba'alei Ruach Kodash have to shatter it, because Hashem is, that's the only way we'll be able to shatter our preconceived notions of ourselves, and that's what Yom Kippur is about. But we, we, can, we,
2: we can only do things based on what we, what we believe. friends like again like Halacha, so if we, in words, if we pass it against God, you know from the Gemara, right, with the if we pass it against God, we win, because mm-hmm. even though there's things that we created, we have, we have a, a shlita over certain things which... Know, which are in this world and that's and that's how we have to look at life so to speak so, I, so like Mitzad Yonah like what was he gonna you know, that could be what are you thinking like listen this is our world and beside us there is what you were saying the ceiling that like this border
0: I don't know yeah, if it's sure. true or not no I mean neither I mean this is all Hashra also this is all my own interpretation Things that's, who knows what is mm-hmm. it's it's very possible to are all these intentions mm-hmm. it's like we could interpret you know we could always apply certain I don't know it's a, it's a really good point though.
1: but also the, there were Naveen who were very reluctant to accept the mission of God and to go tell the people to do true Yirmiyahu was reluctant Moshe Revenu was very reluctant mm-hmm. so this phenomenon of Yonah kind of being chutzpah is not you know there were other people that kind of also had this attitude towards God but Yonah ran
0: away Yona thought that he could trick God Moshe, he Moshe thought, entered into... I mean, if he passed he said, I'm going to run away to a place. And even the
1: Midrashim, I'm going you to run away to a place where Hashem was not there. He wanted to, run, run, he wanted to
0: run away. He wanted to flee from God's presence. Right. And even Darf though, unfortunately, he said it, it, the Malbim, people who want to use it more technically, he said, I'll run to a place where Ruach HaKodesh, I'm going to go to Chutzlar, it's Tashisha, where Ruach HaKodesh is not sure." So even that represents an idea that... God has chosen me for something, but I could avoid it. There are certain ways out. Moshe Rabbeinu entered into a dialogue with HaKadosh That was That was an unbelievable thing to do also, and that needs medrash also, that needs explanation. But Moshe never thought, Moshe didn't even want to look at the presence of God, because he knew that once I look, I can't turn away. Once I enter into a conversation with God, in a sense, I'm in it. I'm in it for good. But Yonah tried to... people were
1: very reluctant to do what they had to do. So the truth is,
0: I don't, I mean, I'm in right.
1: know I don't know how... So. Telling you from somebody who <laughs> looks at the right. they were they were not they were not happy about there. Right, this was a, considered a masah, like a, a burden. Prophecy was a big burden. Right, it's like walking around this big, you know, Devar Hashem on your shoulder, and right. you have to slap it off. Like I'm sure I, I'm sure you feel it also. Sometimes when you're you have this great tour tour and there's there's nobody around and nobody wants to listen to you and nobody wants you're a middle child or, you know you're right. whatever you are and you know your parents are not telling the like it's a it, they, and it's a masa it's a right. certain masa right. Right. but it's, if if you learn how to how to deal with the masa that obligation that burden right. and this is what the rav talks about you know you learn how to articulate that masa and learn how to how to use it properly and how yeah. to, how to kind of almost transform the world around you and how to, you know, become a player, right. you know. And and with this, you, t- you take the masai, you take the pekel, and you, like, with challah, you, know, you get creative, you, know? <laughs> you awesome. know. So I can talk more about it. Right. I don't want to, I want you to want to hear the rest of your ishir, but right. these naviyam were struggling with a large, they were struggling. They were very, I'm just talking defensively you on know. Right. They were struggling very much, right. and what they had to do, their mission was they basically do the impossible. And they said, why, why do I have to do it? Me some peddling, you know, said, why do I have to go do this? And they do not want to do it, right. they didn't want to do it. Nobody wants to do it. Do, do I want to do it? This is how I was born. I was born to do this, but I, you know, but it's hard, you know, it's, a, it's difficult. Well, I identify with you, I identify with his struggle, Right, you know.
0: I, I totally yeah. hear <laughs> <laughs> Tough. So The Psikkim of Yonah From the point of view that Yonah was Attempting to run So uh, first we see in the first parak We say <laughs> Right after the Captains and the, and the sailors on the ship Decide That someone needs to go V'yomer Sha'oni vehitili take me and toss me into the sea. the raging water and this raging of the water is going to be silenced because I know from within myself and the great trouble and tribulation and the horror that you're going through is because of me it's because of my thing it's because of my relationship with God so throw me into the water the stormy water that's causing this issue because I thought I could run away here to this place of nothingness but clearly I can't so throw me in and then in the second paragraph, we see a major transition. So Yona in the Mehadaga, he says, I've cried out from my pain, my anguish. And I'm not going to use my Lashonas to explain that. you The Tzara, the constriction of the soul. Yona calls out from there, and you've answered me from the pit of hell, from the pit of destruction, from the pit of. Sha'ol also, I mean, again, it's like the of O. Sha'ol represents Gehennem, but it's also Melashon She'ila, it's the question of utter questioning, not looking for an answer, but just utter questioning without any semblance of a possible answer. And when we ask questions, so there's something beautiful about the fact that we're asking it to people who are coming to answer me. I'm coming to a gobble, someone greater than me, Ba'erich, relatively greater than me in this situation, looking for an answer. But when I ask my questions without a receiver, when I ask my questions to God, I'm not expecting an answer. And there's something very sad and beautiful about it also, but there's something sad to the questioner that it's a recognition that I'm going to need, if I want to overcome this shaila, I'm going to have to live without an answer. And that's a major dargah, to be able to live without answers. The tach noda, the apex of wisdom, is the fact that we won't know. And that's where Ibn Achim says, kasha is roshyatevo, shema hashe, koleinu, hashem alokeinu. That God, you will hear my voice, Because real kasha, kasha in a shir even, represents the kasha of a person to God. Everything, I mean, that's a, a, it's an overgeneralization, but... A kasha represents, any kasha I come with, any question I have to my rob, is in a sense asking, like, why? And that why is a much bigger why. That why can I have my, my uncle, this is awesome, actually, my uncle who's semi-limited, um, he eats Siddharam with us every year, and um, by Ma'an we all do our thing, and we all ask our Deva Torah, my uncle speaks up finally, and he says, well, what about the Holocaust?
1: And my brothers and I are like...
0: Uh, That's a good kasha. You know, like we're playing around with our pipulim and this drug says this and screams out as innocence, like, but what about the Holocaust? So, for what I always feel is that the same question, manashtana, and why is this year different? All of them are the same. Why was there a Holocaust? We're all the same. But Erech, it's all relative, the relative value of the question. But all questioning is a Shema Kalino Hashem alokaino. Hashem. I need to be able to live with kasha, I need to be able to live with the takeo. I need to be able to live with the questioning, and that's what I think Shaol means. That you've heard from Shaol, my Shaavasi, Shamata Kolin, You've heard my voice. So begins to realize that God is in the water. God is in the depths of the water. Even though Bichitzon saw yes, water on the on the top of the water, I'm thrown in, and there's a war and there's a war and a storm. But in the depths of the water, God can be found there. And the next pasuk says, mitsula yam. Threw me into the center of the seas. Again, he's saying, there's a heart of the sea. That's really, really important that he says, yam. There's a poem by, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. It's Yeats. It's W.B. Yeats? Huh? Yeats. Yeats? Great. Um, Yeats. Yeats yeah, um, as as anyway, he was an awesome poet. He was an Irish, Irish poet. Poems. He was an Irish poet, but... His, there's a poem he wrote called The Second Coming, which really became the rallying call for, like, people who are struggling with structure and meaning. And he says that, um, round and round the something goes, the falcon cannot hear the falconer, things fall apart, the center cannot hold, and mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The center cannot hold. That feeling of the center cannot hold results in mere anarchy. The center is that point of connectivity that defines everything in my existence. It gives reason to my relationship with my wife, with my child, with my shul, with my kehila, with my congregation, with my books, with my work, with my food. Everything is related to my center. My center defines my existence. When that center falls apart, I'm left groundless, I'm left without anything. When the meaning, the essential meaning of my life falls apart, I'm left without anything. And that's the tohu vavoh that Yonah thought was there in the sea. There was no center to the sea. A person can't stand in the center of the sea, but when he says, of when he recognizes that there's a heart of the sea, there's a center even here, there's an ability to find Hakadish an ability to find reason and systems and Kedusha, even here, kol avar, avar. <coughs> All your waves will come upon me, but I still recognize that there's a heart to the sea over here. There's, I could find you here also. The the garshti, and I said to myself, "I'm going to run away from your face." Yona said, "About But in the end of the day, you've shown me again that all I'm going to see is your heichal katshecha. Even when I tried to run away, I find the heichal katshecha again. The heichal represents the center. The heichal represents the innermost part of the mishkan. It represents that point of certitude, that point of meaning. And Yonah thought I'm going to run to the place of meaninglessness, I'm going to run to the place of tumultuous seas and darkness and the darkness that the Ezra explains, but in the end of the day, I'm going to find you there also. So Yonah finds Hashem in the water also. And I think there's an awesome Eshidach at the end of Chelak Aleph in Mishle, where he explains a Pasuk in Mishle describing three things that Shlomo Melech really had a difficult time with. And one of them is the One of them is the ways of the, of the ship in the heart of the sea. Again, the Lashon of Levyam. So it says, So the Yam, the explains in numerous places, represents mehiros, like we explained before. It represents fastness and overcome with pressure and movement and, and there's no ability to, to sit, to stand, to... to be b'masinus, to be patient, to have manucha. That's the sea, right? But even there, there's an onya. Even there, there's a ship. Even there, there's mesinus. Even within the mihirus, within that bahala, within that meaninglessness and that running and confusion, I could find mesinus. I could find within myself a certain patience, a certain level of manucha, a certain level of recognition of meaning. Because the yam, says the Mishalach, represents in a psychological fashion, it represents the movement, the, the ever moving process of wills and wants and taiva, right? But at the same point, we be behold Bahala, and every Bahala, which means utter confusion, Bahala means nothing else but utter confusion, Yimsa Yishavadas. person can still find Yishavadas. person can still find. Das again is connectivity. Das is the ability to connect to something, the ability to concretize feelings, the ability to have a home base. The ability to find the heichal katshecha Even in the Yama, the Meshala says, we could find hadas And that's what Yonah did. Yonah found within the Sha'ol, within the depths of the sea, within the depths of his own personal Gahanam, he found a, a Nakuda Kavua of meaning. And he found the Brahu and he found the way to bring Hakadish Brahu into his life. And even in the chaos of the water before the creation of the world, he brought Akkadish Brahu into his life.
1: And that's so that's kind of like a paradox. Like she running away, he actually comes closer. Yeah, right? As we kind of you know, simplify so with ourselves. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do you
0: know, Us, you it's know,
1: oh, very profound. Very profound. He's coming closer through running away. Through mm-hmm. running away and trying to think that he can escape, he actually finds that that pindle yid, right? That's what that spark is. It's pindle yid, right? That pindle. Rafi and I were speaking about
0: a Matas Yahul where Bukhar is speaking about when he decided to. Make his own decisions, but he said, "I had to cross the line to leave you behind. Right. I had to go over a certain yeah, line. To, I had to run away from you so. to leave you behind, with the hopes to find some peace of mind. Yeah. I'm no longer going to be bothered by your constant calling, but I'm looking through your voice, through the chitter chatter. And at least my interpretation is that when he's over that line, he's still now he's trying to begin to find the voice of a Kadosh Baruch Hu in what he's entered into, where he thought he <clears> would find. <throat> I mean, I'm not speaking about Matasiao on a personal level. I'm speaking darshining his lyrics." <laughs>
1: This is definitely some form of, of the story. It's very relevant to the yeah. story. This guy who, who kind of leaves the boundaries of the, of the dal al halacha, right? He leaves the boundaries of Yeshiva and he, he has to go face the world. He, he, ha, he, he can't help himself. There's no choice. He has no choice but to fall, there's nowhere to go.
0: This is essentially the, I mean, this is, what is going mm.
1: parenthetically,
0: this is what took place by Matan Torah. so Israel were given the Torah, but the Maharal says that K'fiyah's Harkigigahs was essentially the recognition that I will never be able to exist in this world, I will never be able to live without connectivity to your Torah. I need to do the mitzvah's mitol k'fiyah. I need to do it because I can never do, be anything but it. So, but there was a... There was a a moda raisa. Moda Raisa means that there's essentially a major claim against Torah because that's not real Shmira Satora. So what took place by Purim? Purim, there needed to be a nasira. There needed to be a separation. There needed to be a surgical removal from us, from the Torah. We needed to bow down Kav To Even though we only did it Bachutz, we didn't do it at We needed to see sin we needed to see separation and be'erchen God forbid a person doesn't have to sin but any separation mm-hmm. and then we're av. Yeah. then we could connect to it in a serious way then we could find it Yona had to go into that separation into the nasira that we experience in Yom Kippur that darkness that surgical dreamlike state of meaninglessness and then he could build himself up again to find okay. true can throw a meaning can a term
1: mm-hmm. in sure. here maturity
0: yeah
1: okay maybe that's kind of the thrust of what Yonah's going through For or independence Right. Independence, maturity, growing up, realizing that he can't run away. That mm. the mission is still there. God is still waiting. A pledge of allegiance. A pledge of allegiance mm-hmm. to, to Hashem. a reference. Yeah.
0: Hi. <laughs> so, so let's go right. back to the... So now let's connect it to Yom Kippur. So what's happening to Yom Kippur? I think we lay in and Yom Kippur because... After Rosh Hashanah, we're all expecting a glorious, bounteous Bar, It's We're expecting a new world, a whole new world, right? We're expecting peace and tranquility, and the things we were mokabel upon ourselves from years past. We're expecting everything to go relatively smoothly. But Levi I can speak for myself. Comes and you're back to where you started. You're back to that sea of trying to run away from Hashem, of of running away and trying to silence the calls of Hashem. Trying to silence the internal call of, of to do good. And what happened? What happened? And again, we're hit with the major, major, major defining factor in what pulls people away, in my opinion, from Yahadus, which is the feeling of self-hypocrisy. We feel hypocritical. We don't see hypocrisy. We hate hypocrisy in other people, and we hate it even more so in ourselves. We can't deal with it. We're macabre things. upon ourselves certain things are Rosh Hashanah. And what am I if I can't even keep it up now? I told my wife that I wasn't eating candy anymore on Rosh Hashanah and she caught me last night with um, lemon heads she looked at me She's <laughs> like oh, but lemon heads oh, lemonheads, lemon don't like it so. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> she looked at me She's like, at I'm like I didn't trouble anything <laughs> and, and that's my answer because I can't be molded That I, I said it but so what I'm, I didn't do it I can't do that because that's hypocritical right so that's the feeling that I'm entering into with Yom, on Yom Kippur I'm saying I'm, I'm a hypocrite, so how can I deal with Yom Kippur? And I'm like, Yona, I'm running away from my hypocrisy. How can I hear the voice of Hashem, but at the same point try and run away from Hashem? So what Yonah experiences is in the belly of the fish is what we experience on Yom Kippur, I think. And I'm going to read the words, mostly, and I'll probably stop in the middle, but the sodi Yisharem, Allah Torah, in Muhudra, that's referred to as Tinyana, um, there's a chelak on Yom Kippur in there, so he says, based on the passage that we say, based on the Gemara and Yuma, that mikveh Yisrael HaShem. That the mikvah, the purifying waters of Kanasi's Yisrael, of the Jewish nation, is God. So, Amar B'Kivah, HaShreich HaMisrael. Lifnei meyatamata harem, right? So, Rabbi Akiva basically explains the process of Yom Kippur as a mikvah, is entering into purifying waters. And that's the waters of God, we're not speaking about physical waters. Ma mikvah Mata HaRaslem HaTamei, ma'afakadosh Baruch Hu before the creation of the world, before the creation of man, before order, world was water. Everything was water. Everything was chaos. Everything was tohu. And the light of a kadosh was shining forth without any recognition from makabim, without any recognition from human beings. Like I said, according to HaKadosh Baruch this is the so I'm saying it, God's praise was Ola from the Mayim also. The Mayim recognized God. There's no, there, God doesn't need anybody to recognize anything. Even the water represents it. Even chaos represents God. Because chaos is a product of what God wants to place into existence. Right? Everything's a product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, that's the Medrash. The Medrash says, Kishem mm-hmm. shekiluso shall HaKadosh Baruch Hu It comes up from then the place of the tzaddikim. Kach Ola Comes up from hell as well.
1: That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's like like one of those Satan concerts, you know? Hashem's there, like, I that's, his hand.
0: that's a Yom Kippur minion. That's a Yom Kippur minion. We're sitting there al hating on every single thing. I just listened to a shear from Rav Judah where he describes the, the sickness of the arzgal al-chait in an awesome way. He said, they're trying to enrich within us the feeling of, whoa, how sick can I, I possibly been. Yeah, he gave it an and He said, how sick can I possibly be? He said he wants to throw it out, but Yom Kippur is that. Yom Kippur is the Gehenna of everybody. Yom Kippur, we're crying out. It's The, the praise of Hashem comes from the Bali comes from the people who couldn't even keep their word from 10 days ago.
1: Is right? that was Yom Kippur supposed to be? They are find
0: So we'll see. We're going to show. We're going to all
1: bad chonimers. T- yeah. We're
0: like clowns in front of God. We're saying <laughs> t- t- bad We could just be
1: Bosnians at least. We could just be Bosnians
0: at t- 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 David Melech yeah, referred to himself like, as Zohar yeah, says, yeah, bad I'm the, kind of the comedian
2: tomorrow. of the day. That's yeah. 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 my goal yeah. yeah. in life. Yeah. We need a jester. 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 We need a Yeah, I mean, that was like a long thing with the Gemara. So that's like, that's it's it. your question. That's the point of Yom Kippur. If Yom Kippur itself is jester, we
0: technically don't have to do anything and do whatever we're doing at a million, even if like the paper. Paper itself is not a chaper. the Gemara says that a person who is a chotumach I don't know the exact sin that he's did and he wants to and he says I'm going to marry you al-nash, al manashati at tzaddik the Kiddushan is how. we're talking about a murderer we could be speaking literally about a murderer who says I'm going to be at tzaddik that's enough of a chuvah.
2: Yeah. So even
0: if, yeah so even if yeah. according to the Mandamar that we need tzaddik Oh, I, want nuts, I want to be a tzaddik. I want to be Tzadik. I want to be a tzaddik. So
2: what? Is Yom Kippur? Like? What is this fear? Like I had this fear for some
0: reason. This a education. Yom Kippur is a beautiful <laughs> day. <laughs> like, Yom Kippur. Look at any Hasidish, the Vilna Gaon, any Machshava de Kasefer. Yom Kippur is his man. of the Giloy Hayachida. the Giloy of Shmaysol Hashemu Ken Hashemachod. There's no fear on Yom Kippur.
2: So Why do we beat ourselves? On that? What? Like I don't know. Why do we beat ourselves on the heart? No, we just like everything. Like Judah was saying. I heard him say it before a couple times, and like. Like, people give out, like, I had a Rebbe who gave out, like, all the, like, list of all the Kids and, like, instead of the article al it's, like, al chaits to, like, teens, and to, like, you know, guys, you know, young guys, like, and they're just, like, every single one of them is, like, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, I did this wrong, shoot myself in the head, and, like, and, like he describes every one of them in yeah, detail, like, exactly what I The way I, I, always, exactly the way I, I, mean, I like, the, the al that. that's the, the al even, the, what are we doing when we're hitting on yeah. our yeah. heart?
0: Yeah. The, the head is the seat of, it's of the objectivity, of the it's the seat that, this is an objective <laughs> reality, I can define what I'm seeing. The heart is the subjectivity of man. So when we're clapping in our heart, I'm saying, I sin subjectively. I sin subjectively. I'm far from Hashem subjectively. I think I'm far from God. I'm hitting on my heart. I'm reminding myself that it's all subjective. And says, Who the heck are you to say you're far from God? Who are you to define what Hashem's relationship to you is? I think, for my personal self, the Al Khid is recognizing that my Chataim and my distance, they may be very so real, but it's subjective. It's, it's, it's my easy. subjective. It's, it's Mitzat makablam. I feel far and according to what I've done, I should be far but Hashem is coming to us and saying Benkach, Benkach I'm going to be go you Benkach, Benkach, whether you're sinning or whether you're not sinning I'm going to save you and it comes back to the Pasuk in Malachi where it says that I love you Hashem says to me. So and we say, why do you love us? What mitzvahs do we have? We're just like Asa and Hashem says, I love you and I hate Zo, it's a halacha p'suka. Exactly. Just it's that's the way it is. It's the way it is, it's an essential. But we with our confusions and trying to be demabble ourselves, we create structures of thought and why we should be close to God in the midst of them in the lumeness of Hashem loving us that we forget that Hashem actually loves us. We get caught up in the lumd of Yom Kippur without recognizing that Hashem truly, truly loves us. And yeah, it is ishbits bro. I the this is what we need a yeah. Anyway, so the Sharm says that the praise of Hashem was coming up from the Mayim. but when Hashem said, let there be a separation. Now when there's a separation of the waters, now we see the water that we actually experience. Just chaos. When we say that we're far from Hashem, there's no meaning in the water, and there's places of herchak. But mitzad Hashem ein shum gam There's so no separation between the higher waters and the lower waters. <laughs> There's no hiddenness by the Kaddish And the Iker distance, the Iker feeling that I could run away from Hashem is only from our own subjective reality, that we feel that we could be far from Hashem. And from this separation, from this human imposed separation between the Mayam Elionam and the, the Mayam Thahtonam comes tumma, comes impurity, comes ha'idar, death comes loss, comes absence, comes everything negative that we could ever think comes meaninglessness. The person feels he could be far from Hashem. And what's the etza to this on Yom Kippur? To recognize Whoa. to return back into that place of water, to those undistinguished waters. In the hidden reality of the waters before B'Riasa Olam, of the chaos of the waters, where Yonah was able to find the Heikhal Katshecha within the waters of, of no Bechira, no... Sin and just uh, uh, mikvei oh, all hashem and no Hef-K- even within the hefkeris to so find or the tohu to
2: be under the water?
0: It's calm, calm. It's very calm. Yeah, there's an amazing yeah. correspondence between Freud and a guy I forget. Freud had major issues with religion. The only time he was ever awoken to like admitting to certain religious feelings was when someone wrote to him a concept called the oceanic feeling. It was the only time he ever felt that it was like could I to answer someone well, what back. What do you describe that? I, say. I... Wikipedia Oceanic Feeling. Okay. That's like... The, that was um, how you did it last
2: night. Like, Not nah, I wasn't talking... I didn't know... Why are you ever, afraid? I no. I don't know. Have you ever been in the ocean and like... I, I was just surfing and like... You wipe out and it's crazy, but the moment you're under the
0: water... It's like it's not crazy. It's you don't feel it. the waves. You don't feel anything. Everything's like calm. Huh. Check out, and even within yeah. that bahala, we find ourselves, and that's mm. what the mikvah is. To is it's an <laughs> Oh yeah, I wrote, uh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, read, I didn't write Dramatical this down, but I had a right. huge yeah. aspect yeah. here for yeah. mikvah. Uh, just in general, mikvah. yeah. Yeah. Sabana yeah. Mikvah. yeah. yeah. Uh, just exactly. returning to a to a to a state of bital of exactly. of pre-world, pre-order chaos yeah. that. Really is the, the point yeah. of hechal yeah. yeah. katshecha finding yeah. hechal katshecha there, and, right. that's, returning yeah. the he, that's, and returning, that's returning to the Kasiyah, that's returning that's returning to
2: the
0: amadez kasi the I'm hidden world so haratzon, because a person is nullifies himself to the light of Hashem's will. Ha right. elyon asher haya koydim hasarakla. There's no haskia there. That's <laughs> what we're doing on Yom Kippur when we make face shel Hashem. What was Rabbi Akiva telling us? Rabbi Akiva was saying that. Don't be afraid. Don't see a separation in the water. And if you look at the Gemara and Chagir, Rabbi Kibbutz says the same thing. When you come to that place of of Hun of Hun of, of that place of Behirus don't say Mayim Mayim. Don't see two waters. Because lies won't be be dealt with up here and anyone just look at Rabbi Nachman's Torah of Mayim Mayim and you'll understand that's what Yom Kippur is Mayim mind is a recognition that double vision comes from tears double vision comes from misinterpretation of the separation between Mayim but in reality it's still Mayim Shekodem Olam that Tahu De Kedusha. The orus to it's that chaotic sense of his ha'anochi, his Like the Aruch starts off with this It's a strength in yourself. It means a person has to be Marachi's kochos. a person has to fight. The Aruch understood what life was. Ruf Judas is an awesome thing. I don't know if he'll even want me saying this, but he says that in breast of Siduram that the tikkun chatzos comes before Modaani. Oh, yeah. And so he says what he thinks that means is that first the person has to recognize the tikkun chatzos aspect of the world, that I will sin and I need to be metakem. The Besamekdash has been and there's destruction in the world. And then, thank you for putting me here because I could find Kedusha in this. Within the Tikkun Chatzot's tide of the world, I could find Mode'ani. I could thank you for putting me here to fix it, to find you within this, to find you within the darkness of this world. And that's what's happening on Yom Kippur. That's the suvi of Rabbi Akiva. That's what Rabbi Akiva did. Rabbi Akiva saw Kedush Barakul and destruction and he left. We give a laugh at destruction. And that's why the Yom Kippur leads to Sukkot, which is one Simcha which is when the Space the B'Shoyeva is drawing up the Mayim Tachtonim because the Mayim Tachtonim are always crying to come up to that's, Baruch. That's afterwards. And I hope, am I going too long? Finish in a minute. Okay. Anyway, I just want to do this with Kuk. I just want to do this with Kuk, which really uh, which really sums it up. Kol right? The voice of God is on the water. He NeShavu DeShavs LeKanagimim. These seven brachos of Shabbos, who said them? Amri y'chalafta ben sholup k'neged shiva kol ha-shomor david al-mayim The seven voices that David said on the water. So sort of cooks says something awesome. It says, When we want to gauge the process and the positivity of a culture, of the world, we look at Building, we look at what we've built. We look at what we've accomplished. What we've rectified and what we've built upon. But in destruction, nobody sees any potential. And nobody sees wisdom in destruction. But when a person is able to find, even within destruction, a relative value, a relative point of positivity, a relative point of recognizing that even within the, ca- the chaos of destruction of the Yam, that there's Hashem there, we see in there the eights of HaKadosh Baruch the fact that HaKadosh Baruch has implanted this Hester, this destruction into Bria. Go and see from the actions of God Who's placed destruction in the land Right? Because the Pasuk says Shemos He's put names in the land But the Medrash says Don't read it names we read destruction We need to see God's wisdom Even from the destruction of the land According to this concept David said seven praises on the water The water again represents utter destruction You can't build on the water it represents that chaos of the inability for man to concretize his ability. Because it's always misnagged against the, the civilization of reality. We hear the voice of God and we see the hand of God crying out from the chaos of the waters. The voice of God that shatters the cedars. the gomer We find it in lack and we find it in destruction. The voice of Hashem is yearning to create fires, the the earthquakes and the shakings of a land. We have to find that in that as well. The feeling of groundlessness, until the point of utter destruction of the world, which was what, which was the Ma'bul. Hashem l'mablu yashav. Hashem sits on top of the mabul. Hashem sits on top of the destruction of the world through mayim, through the chaos of mayim. Miskala gadol ha'tachlis v'yashav Hashem melech On the mabul, Hashem sits melech the eternal king, even in chaos. adam ba'avodah nirasi And so too, in a psychological, personal sense, we see positivity in avoda. We see positivity in, in doing, doing, doing. But Rav goes on to say that manucha das, which is can I get destruction is left on the wayside, but in reality, that's the greatest menucha. That's the greatest tachos of the mensch, to sit in menucha, to, to find a place in menucha. And um, I think that's the mikveh, that's the ma mikveh matar yisiso, afrika, the of That in Yom Kippur, we enter into that place of menucha de kedusha, of the tohu de kedusha, recognizing that I could find Hashem here, even in my hypocrisy and even in my feelings of placelessness. And then, with that, you could enter into, yeah. into Simchas Pes HaShueva, the drawing of the waters, the, the recognition that the tahon, the waters of the deep, are really one and the same. And and that's why the, the Medrash says that, Ruach Elokim, Rahchepes, Alchanei, Amayim, Medrash from B'rish Yisra'ba says, de Mashiach. This is the Ruach, this is the um, of Mashiach. From that chaos of, uh,
1: emerges... Mashiach, Mashiach
0: comes to reveal, Mashiach comes to reveal that everything, from B'rish Olam until was now, was, is the Takh Laseh, the, topless, is the topless, um, Shibizohcha. 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 Yeah. and Thomas says that you know that rakapadas yeah really if I do. yeah yeah say 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 hope <laughs> <Toph. laughs> <laughs> the main taxtanum are crying the main marathonum after the separation they're crying to come closer to that on this raft and mezara says it can hate so begin the main to entertain the boys then are crying wa amrin anan buyin the, the mahavik hadamaka we want to be by Hashem also. Even the separation that God has created for the sake of Bechira, because the Mayim by the Mayim, there was no Bakhira, there was no choice, there was chaos. Hashem separated the Mayim al and the Mayim tachtonim, and now Mensh has Bechira, now there's Hester, now there's the ability to hide from Hashem. But even the Mayim atachtonim, which is the Mayim that we experience now is chaos, they're crying to come closer to Hashem, that's the tachlis abril. They're crying that we don't want to be far, we understand our tachlis being for the sake of Bechira, but we want to come closer to you. We're mishtokik to come closer to you. And that takes place on the Simcha Space Shoeva, where the Mayim HaTachtonim from the Tahom are opened up and they're brought back up to the Masbeach to show that even the Mayim and the chaos of the Mayim HaTachtonim, also have a place in the Bria. Mm. And that's why I think the whole story of Yonah, who got lost in the the chaos of water, there's an amazing toast that says, why is it called Simcha Sbeisa Shaveva? Because they got Ruach Hakodesh there. And the Gemara in Yerushalmi brings down the story of Yona ben Amittai. Yona, that he went up to Yerushalayim for the Raglayim, right? Where did Yona get his Koach of Where did Yona get his Koach of Ruach Hakodesh? at that place of the unification of the water. Yona tried mm-hmm. to run away to the water, but he was rooted in the recognition that the waters were united, that the water, the chaos of the water, is really the Tzorek Kedush. that's why Yonah got his Dafka at the Simcha Spesha which is a recognition that Simcha Space Shoeva is Kula Mashiach, it's the Zman of Mashiach, it's the Sulisal of Yassin, which was the Dag of Yonah. Anyone uh, the the gra has an aricha's episode with Mashiach ben Yosef and Yonah ben Amita and all of Yassan It's all Mishrash in the saga of Yonah That's why at the end the Bir Hagross says that he explains why we read it on Yom Kippur. He says Ritzelimish, the Sifro, his whole story, Namar alagolus Gula. It's said about the chaos of galus and the eventual recognition of peace within the galus that comes with gula, with the ruh al Mashiach. That's Merachepasach Neimaim.
1: She um, colorful depth, yeah, I I it. sources, tire, excellent. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I'm serious, really cool. uh, I agree. Dimensions, they're there. Mamoshes, <laughs> you know, they say in the literature. World, that was amazing. <laughs> <You have memotious> <too>.